Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Getting the Cash Flow with K&K. But guess what? Unfortunately, guys, it's only K today. 1K, it's Kenny. But in person, in live, in studio is Ahmed Sarafi. Did I fuck it up or not? No, bro, you got it. I got it. Ahmed, Ahmed, my man, how's it going? Good morning. How are you doing? We've been hanging out like all day yesterday. Yep. And then I got, I said, well, I got to put the girls down. And then we went and met up for dinner. And then he's in the studio. Yeah. Hanging out. We went out last night too. Yeah. Yeah. That went to fun. Jose's. Jose's. That place. Javier's. Javier's. Jose's was the less expensive option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jose's would have been a lot better. That place, Javier's and UTC, my gosh. They are printing money there. They got the secret sauce, man. Dude. I, every, every time you go into Javier's, it's the secret sauce. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it. Yeah, ambiance is really awesome. I always tell people, if you not heard that guy's story, go listen to it. I don't know who the owner is, but it's crazy. Probably Javier. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to Jose's stories. Listen to Javier's because Jose might have a different story. And he might have Jose Tacos, not Javier's. That's in UTC. Jose's is down the street, I think. Jose's are three for five on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Monty's laughing. <laughs> but yesterday, um, yesterday we had a good time. We uh, It was uh, Josh's birthday. Yeah. And then... We're supposed to go go kart riding. The, we had eleven o'clock appointment, but nobody was there at the facility. Mm. So then Nick's like, "What are we gonna do?" And we went to the uh, mall, and then we ended up doing VR session. Right. I mean, this is not like Oculus. Put your stupid headset on at your house. I mean, dude, how was this event? This dude, thing is crazy. Yeah, it was pretty intense, man. Yeah, it was. I was blown away by the the quality of of the whole thing. Oh, for sure, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to put these goofy things on your wrist, on your legs. Then they put this like zip thing on. Then you put a backpack on. Right. Then you put uh, the headset to talk into. Then you put the things on. Then you get the guns. Right. I had the two pistols. What'd you have? I had two pistols too. Oh, so we both did. Yeah, we're both John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. He's my, that's me. There was six of us in a room. Yeah. Two ex-military. One ex-Navy SEAL, which is funny. Right. And uh, you go in this room, and we did a zombie and then, one. And then there's you and me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then basically you go in this room, and honestly, I have to say what was really fun about, well, besides if I do it again, I'm definitely going to wear probably T-shirts and a shorts because it was yeah. freaking like 90 degrees in there. Yeah. Time flies by, so you literally forget about the world outside and life. You literally don't even. How long were we in there for? At least 30 minutes. Oh, man. But literally, like, you're. Yeah. And so. Um, we're in a room, we're just standing there and we're fighting zombies. But what's crazy about it is you start realizing that there's a front door. There's like, you know, right side, left side, back side, back left. And you start, you know, they send some zombies out and then all of a sudden it's more and more. They're coming mm -hmm. from the ceilings. But what I really enjoyed about it is, uh, the teamwork thing. Bro, killing zombies is hard. Dude. <laughs> yeah, so Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all strapped up at the house, you know, I'm ready to go for zombie, a couple whatever you want to call it. And then going into that room and killing zombies for real. I'm like, I am not prepared. <laughs> the walking dead has nothing. This is going to be hard. Dude. So, um, anyways, if you're in San Diego or, or anywhere and, uh, you want to like a good bonding experience for like a group of friends or work or stuff, great escape. Honestly, by the time you show up and get set up and get out, you could be in and out of there an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So I'm doing it again. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to take the office all now, the for time. sure. We're all going to go, like, soon. Lonsi's okay. going to be, like, scheduling it. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, you don't, you actually don't want to have too many because we had six. I think that was, like, perfect because we were kind of, we were bumping into yeah. each other. Four or five is good. Yeah. Yeah. But it was helpful killing zombies. Yeah, so. I'm coming next time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to kill more zombies. Yeah. I'm totally down for that. Yeah, we'll bring it. We'll bring it. We'll bring oh, yeah. it, for sure. Um. So, Med, let's, uh, Med, like, what, what are we going to talk about today? So I think uh, let's start off by uh, what's your perspective on the current real estate market? I don't know if you want to talk about nationally. Or you just want to talk about California. And I'll talk about it all. Well, you tell I'm, me I'm what, what do you the whole thing what do you, right what, do you what do you think? What's your because you talk to? I mean, Med knows like the same people I do, but you know, developers, developers, syndicators, yeah. flippers, wholesalers, the whole thing, right. right? And this is this is where your perspective is coming from. Yes, true. You know, um, my business is mostly development. You know. Yep. 80, 90% of my business now moving forward is development, new development. I have, you know, a handful of projects, probably somewhere in the range of 225 to $250 million of, of value. Yeah. The construction's finished. Those, those are all going through planning, permitting, and uh, that process. Which right is now. fun, huh? Fun process. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> California. Oh, the California deals are just... Uh, and you wonder why we can't get housing? Well, yeah. Matt, why can't we get housing? Because you can't get plans and permits. Uh, man, you can't even get uh, uh, an appointment. <laughs> you know, it's just like everyone is, everybody wants to have their say, but no one wants to approve and move something forward. That's the worst part of it in California. Everybody wants to say something and have their two cents and throw in this and throw in that. But when it's come time to move your thing forward, it just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? And that's the worst part of it. But, you know, that's why I'm moving out of state. I just... You know, last week closed escrow on 80 acres in Dallas. Wow. Got property in, in Phoenix. Uh, looking for more stuff because I got to fill up that pipeline because developing in California is hard, hard, hard. Competition, there's a lot of money. A lot of people don't know what they're doing and they're messing up the market as well. Oh, so I'm really? trying to get out of that. Yeah. I mean, everyone thinks, you know, real estate is like popular. You know that. Uh, real estate investment is like the pinnacle of entrepreneurship. Real estate development is even above that. So everybody wants to be at that top level of the game, but they don't know what they're doing. They go in and they buy stuff. They overpay. They screw up on the construction. They screw up on the design. They screw up on the whole nine yards, and it ruins it for the, us guys that really want to do a good job and a good product. And you got all these guys playing developer, playing investor, playing real estate professional, and all they do is just screw up the market. And that's why I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to start looking more out of state where the competition is less, but my opportunity to develop great, awesome, amazing projects is more. So it's exciting. Yeah, it is. You know, it's uh, but it's hard, you know, trying to work somewhere else that you're not used to. You know, I'm California based. I'm in Phoenix and, and Dallas all the time, you know, just creating those relationships, understanding the market, finding those uh, relate um, properties and, and those development opportunities. It takes work not easy especially when you're not from that market and you're coming into that market as a as a new person it takes time you know other people there have been there for years and years and years they have the relationships they have the connections i do not so i have to build those along the way but you're good at building relationships hope so it's a strength of yours yeah otherwise can, you probably wouldn't do it yeah huh? we can always go kill zombies and be friends <laughs> you know? that, that's good so what is your take on the market when you're what, like you picked you picked okay let's talk about it. you picked you're in california yeah. You picked Arizona and you picked uh, Texas. So let's talk about those markets. Why you picked? Okay. Why you're? Why you picked those two? A um, couple of reasons. You know, one is it's a growing market. There's land available for development. 
more opportunity to find that developing land. Infrastructure is good because, you know, newer markets have better infrastructure. Why? Because they look at the older markets and they say, hey, that's how Los Angeles screwed up. Hey, that's how New York screwed up. That's how Chicago screwed ah. up. We're going to do it better. Okay. We're going to put in better transportation arteries. We're going to put in better utilities. We're going to put in better, um, you know. It could be drainage. It could be anything. All, of all that stuff. Because all they do is go around the country and they see how it's been done before. And they say, we got to do it better. So they study it and then they do it. Okay. Exactly. Ah, okay. Especially when it comes to transportation. If you look at Dallas and you look at Phoenix, they are getting real smart with their transportation. Los Angeles, San Diego, we got freeways that are spiderwebs. Yeah. It's, it's a mess, right? Yeah. If you look at Phoenix, you look at Dallas, and even look at uh, Las Vegas, they are creating rings of freeways around the central core of the city, right? Phoenix, you got the 101, the 202, and now the 303. It circles the city in ah. distance. So they're creating these big loops to get yourself around the city yeah, at different levels in different areas. So it's having to do this kind of stuff. Exactly. Okay, I see. They're doing it in Dallas too. So I follow the freeways. I follow the traffic patterns. I follow the expansions, and that's you know one of the things that I do when I look for the property. But they're doing it well, and I'm and I want to take advantage of that because you know one of the things here of developing California is you got to deal with old infrastructure. You got to deal with old streets, old sewers, old gas lines, old water lines. Old mentality too, right? Old mentality, yeah. And it's, you know, even though the return on your investment can be really good here because we're so populated and there's so much money here, is it really worth the time and the effort I put into continuing to develop here or to continue outside of the market? Plus, everyone is moving towards those markets of Phoenix, Dallas, Salt Lake City, you know, um, Nashville, even Miami are... A lot of people yeah. growing there. So why am I going to sit here and fight people when I can go to the other markets where there's more opportunities for me? They're welcoming you with like more open arms and they're probably excited. Yeah, because they, they want quality development and everything I do is quality. I, I do not want to walk away from anything I do that is not 100% the greatest thing I can do. I want to put the time and the effort into it. I'm a long-term hold kind of guy. I'm not going to just build it and sell it like some people do. And they sell you crap or they develop crap. You'll see it. I mean, how many properties have you walked into brand new built and it's cheapest thing ever? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that's where every property that I develop, somebody walks in, they're like, wow, this is a nice thing. 30, 40, 50 years from now, I want them to walk into it and they say like, wow, this is a nice building. This is a nice project. I want that kind of timeless, classic, well-built, you know, reputation to go with me. Because it's not about the money. The money comes regardless. Yeah. It's about the project for me. It's about developing. It's about building. It's about creating something amazing. And your name's on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. And you're wearing, you're wearing shirts like uh, hashtag build better. Always. You got to back it up. Man, I see so much bad stuff out there. Oh, it's it's bad. Look at the house. Um, largest home, LA. Did you see yeah, that? I saw that? Sold, auction, $141 million. Yeah. Um, what was interesting is I didn't really read too much ever into it prior, but they... Before he finished, they're going to ch- fetch a price of five hundred million. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Right. Then they're going to try to fetch a price of whatever two hundred ninety million. <laughs> then that scrapped, and then they had to go to the auction because they weren't getting offers. Yep. So somebody that bought it, they didn't really say who it was. They think it might be a developer, and the reason why is shocker. There's there's already cracking in the concrete, yeah. cracking and all this stuff. There's um, permits and stuff that are not even done properly. So there's all these issues that somebody has to spend one hundred forty one million. Yep. Then they're going to have to probably go in and fix stuff up 
and spend more money to correct somebody that made a mistake. Probably they were cutting corners because they, they didn't have the money. Well, this is the problem with development these days. Is every And I just put it out on my Instagram uh, this morning, developer mistake. Building a project to your own personal desires and um, wants. You can't do that. That building in that house that you're talking about in Beverly Hills, you saw it. It is very specific. It's super ultra modern, super glass, super this. It only appeals to a small amount of the of the very market, small, right? And this is this is what happens. You get an architect, a developer. You get these people together, and they want to do some sort of architectural masterpiece. Well, that's fine if you're going to live in it yourself. But if you're going to put it on the market to try and sell it, you got to do something that appeases to the masses. And to me, that's one of the top developer mistakes I see that they develop to their own taste and not to the market. Yeah, I mean, don't we see that? Like, you'll see a listing and you're like, who? Like somebody that has to finally sell the house they built for themselves. Right. Or somebody, and they're like, we're going to get so much. And all of a sudden, they're like, we're not getting offers. Like, yeah, because basically you have to, who who wants to buy this weird, wacky house that your grandma made? Yeah. You know, and you see it all the time and they just don't fetch the price. Don't get it. And so, or you see people build stuff and then they got to get rid of it and then yeah. they lose their ass. Yeah. So I, 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 I 100% agree. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> so with these uh, markets that you're in, I mean, especially California, I mean, rents are insane right now. Right. What do you, what's your projection on that? Well, I think rents are going to continue to go up across the country. You know, um, people say real estate's a bubble, real estate's cyclical. It's, I'm going to buy when it, you know, comes back down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, that's fine. But that only happens when there's a balance between the supply and demand market, right? Right now, there is no balance. You got four or five million people looking to buy or to get into some sort of housing unit. The United, United States needs to produce close to a million housing units a year to keep up with demand. Right now, we're five years behind. There's four to five million people who need housing right now. So until that supply and demand metric comes more into balance, you're going to see rising house prices because it's just a supply and demand issue. You're going to see rents going up because, you know, if people can't buy. There's nothing to buy. They're going to continue to rent. And if there's not enough to rent, people are going to start raising rents. And then even if the interest rate goes up. If but the, you already have a little bit. Yeah. yeah and, and everyone's talking about it's going to start creeping up this year to battle inflation. Well, once the interest rate goes up, that means less people are going to be able to afford the house they were looking at. So they have to go and rent longer. So that's going to be a landlord's market. Right. Why do you think Wall Street and Blackstone and all these big hedge fund guys are buying thousands and thousands of thousands of single family homes? They're creating a market because they see that happening. They yep. see it company. They see it coming. So, yeah. yeah. Especially in the uh, a lot of the bigger cities and stuff, too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, San Diego, I guess uh, we just officially won the most uh, unaffordable city. For <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we beat out San Francisco. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, woo. I don't know. That's like bragging rights. And you're telling me to come live here, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Okay, great. Come yeah. on, man. Come down here. Yeah, it's, it's such a bargain. So unaffordable. And what's just funny is like, yeah, I feel like like, like if you go buy a home Rancho Santa Fe and you took that house and dumped it in uh, Beverly Hills, it would be like three times the cost. Oh, yeah. So I still think, I tell people, the bang for your buck here, I think is still great. When sure. you look up, look, go to Malibu <laughs> or go to La Jolla Shores. Yeah. And go buy a home in Malibu. Yeah. It's it's not, you're going to pay double or triple in Malibu. Well, it's because there's a constraint in, in these geographic areas. Yeah. Look at LA. You got, or Southern California even. You got the ocean on one side. Can't be living in the ocean. The other side, you got mountains. 
So you're constrained in between the ocean and the mountains. And that's, there's no more dirt. And then here it's worse. Yeah. Because we got Mexico and Camp Pendleton. Yeah, sure. So we are landlocked in this you're place. Landlocked. like. So that's why, you know, competition, that's demand. I mean, if there's no land to build, prices go up. But if you go out to Phoenix, Dallas, Nashville, it's not as constrained. They can continue to build that. Go out, go out, go out. So less competition, uh, pricing is much afford- more affordable. You're able to get into more things out there for sure. Yeah, that's why people are moving out there. Yeah, I mean, it's the it is the debate. I mean, you know, Monty on all the podcasts we talk to everybody. I mean, there's not been one person we've interviewed and we're talking to, you know, the housing wire guy or macro. Guy. Yeah. Nobody's come out and said anybody listened to that. We're going to have a housing crash because, and all these guys are looking and we're, we're they're like, I'm trying to find a crack in yeah. the cement, but there's no, there's no supply. And there's zero there, supply. And then unless there's some sort of major international issue that happens that causes the, unless Russia market. sends a nuclear missile over here, that's probably what it's going to take. Yeah. But if that happens, I'm still looking for dirt. Yeah. Because you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you just, you wait, got to. half the U S is gone. So now we're more valuable, right? right. Yeah. You know, I better, Jeez. better buy some stuff quick. You oh know? my gosh. Yeah, but it's like, I'm mostly multifamily development. Right. Yeah. And so I'm trying to provide a solution to a problem, right? The problem is there's no more land to live, build. So I got to build up. I got to create more density in a smaller amount of space. Where can I do that? You know what I mean? I'm trying to provide a solution, but people push back against me. Like, just sit here yeah it makes it hard you know they don't understand everyone says not in my backyard oh don't build that here i'm like okay well where should i build it oh build it in the next city okay well if i build it in the next city those people are going to say the same thing don't build it here you should build it over there see no one thinks about the problem but when they see a solution coming they have an issue with it well where are your kids going to live where are your grandkids going to live where are you going to live if you want to downsize if I don't start building this product here, 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 and here to leave the, the situation that we have, you're going to be asked out. Are you, are you close on any of your projects? Some of their dragon ass? Is it getting closer? Is it just a constant? I have one project um, that I'm going through advanced negotiations on. I assumed the, um, the purchase contract on some dirt. It's very contentious. And is very contentious. Uh, community groups do not want to see something happen there. Wow. Right? But the community needs housing. Housing. Multifamily housing. Senior housing. Mixed use. You know what I mean? Student housing. That whole community where I am for this one project, they are in desperate need of stuff. But then at the same time, they push back against it. Even city council members push back against it because they're more concerned about their constituents raising a stink about it than they are about creating solutions for the community. So it makes things very hard sometimes, you know, because you're always stuck in between a rock and a hard place, you know, and I'm a hammer. I'm ready to, to, to you know, knock a hole somewhere, make a make an exit. But, you know, I got to be smart about it. So being a builder, you really have to have you got to have patience. It is the long game. Development, you know, real estate is the long game. Development's a real long game. You know what I mean? I can get into a project now, put a bunch of money down, seven figures, and then I will not see a return for, if I'm in California, maybe three or four years. You know what I mean? If I'm out of state, maybe two to three years. It depends. So it, it really is the long game. But, you know, in development, though, there is also a lot more financial upside to it, too. But you have to, you have to be patient. 
you know, I, it's not like I'm going in and buying a, an apartment complex and I'm renovating all the units and in six to 12 months, I just increase the value, you know, 10, 20, 30%. No, it's the long game. So got to have patience. And you're, um, you're, <clears throat> you travel around, you're doing speaking and stuff, right? When you mainly speak, are you speaking about development or what are you kind of focusing on or what <clears throat> it depends on what people ask? A lot of it's the development process. Yeah. I want people to start developing better, building better. I want people to stop losing all their capital because they get into something and they don't know what they're doing. I want people to build stuff that is a good product, a good building. It's a good development and it's going to be there for, for the long term. I don't want people to get into something and the contractor takes them for the ride or the architect designs something that's completely unrealistic or they get in with a bad engineer and they got to go back and spend all sorts of money re-engineering and, and fixing flaws i mean look at look at what happened in vegas at the Harmon at, at city center you know the city center uh casino project done by mgm they had, they had to knock down the one building they right? had to knock down the whole building right it was already at 20 or 30 stories i mean it was a 500 million dollar flaw by the time oh. it got to that point 500 million dollars were spent right and they had to knock down the whole building uh for one or two reasons one because the concrete wasn't the correct psi somebody was one engineer one inspector was not you know they weren't connecting the dots and two, the vertical rebar up through the the up through the uh, structural uh verticals through the building was not placed at the correct distance apart right the building could have collapsed it could have collapsed yeah you can't take the risk no so the whole thing had to come down and this is very high skilled engineers, construction team developers, and this still happened on their watch. So if this happened to them, just imagine what's There's happening. Some fun lawsuits now. there, huh? Yeah. Holy oh yeah, God. the insurance companies were going back and forth on it. Yeah. But if that happened to that high end, powerful, skilled construction company development happen team, it could happen way worse to everyone else. So why do I want to see? you or Monsi or Justin or anyone else out there who is out developing something, I don't want to see that happen to them. They put all their time, money, and effort into it, and all of a sudden they get a bad development because the engineer or the contractor screwed up. They can lose everything. I don't want to see that happen to people. I want them to have good projects. I want them to be successful with their projects. And that's why I, I forgot I about that them. project. I remember, um, I remember that. I remember somebody telling me about that. I forgot they had a knockdown. I remember seeing it and it stopped. Yeah. Yeah. 500 million, oh, at least 500 million. Shit. That whole, that's right next to Aria and all that, right? It was that, right on the backside of it, right? Yeah. Isn't that, it was so a, did they build something else or now? They, uh, right now, I don't know what's going on with that, but they had to bring that building down. Wow. Yeah, was, that's smoke. half a billion dollar mistake. It's probably one of the bigger mistakes, huh? Ever, you know? But they could afford it. They have big insurance companies. They got deep pockets. They're a casino company, MGM, right? But just imagine that happening to somebody who's on a five million dollar deal that they're all in on. Yeah, done. yeah. Somebody building a fourplex and he's been saving his money for years and years because he had a piece of dirt, and all of a sudden, every dollar he saved for the last ten or twenty years is gone because he got into a bad development because someone coached him or told him or did something wrong to him. I don't want to see that happen to people. Is there any, um, maybe a question for you, maybe you know the answer, maybe not. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, this could be, uh, depending on the answer, so a lot of people right now are doing the ADU game. Yeah. Right? Sure. Um, we did one. I think we're real close to signing off. Mm -hmm. One of the things I noticed going through it, uh, which would be interesting to get your perspective, is, you know, a lot of people, like, you hire the architect, 
you know, you're busy living your life. And yeah. I'm not, a, and like, look, I am not a builder. I'm not a developer. I've done plenty of rehabs, remodels, all sure. that. That's fine. It's a completely different model, right? True. So what I've noticed is you take the plan submit to the city and then there's just, it's just waiting and waiting. Yeah. And so I got to the point end of last year, I'm like, what is going on? So my mind's probably like yours, like, okay, I haven't been involved and in doing my thing. So I'm, I call Chris, I call Crystal and the thing, I'm like, what are we doing here? They're like, well, there's this and that. And I go, yeah, but I understand like what is taking so long and I can't get answers. So I just say, I'll give you guys one more month. Then I'm going to call the city. Right. Crystal's like, oh God, here we go. You yeah. know? So nothing gets done. So then I call the city and the, the short story is, is basically I find out that the lady that's supposed to be approving things and doing stuff, she's lost the paperwork. We sent it again, lost it again. It's been sitting around for two months. <laughs> Nobody's really been following up. Right. Then Crystal hand delivers her the paperwork. Right, This is right before the holidays. Gives it to her, says, don't lose this. Yeah. Looks her in the eye. She goes, you know what? I'm going to expedite this. We're going to get this done before I leave for the holidays. Sure. So let's just say it's December 2nd because it was around there. Then it's a week goes by. Nothing. I go, Crystal, I'm calling. I'm yeah. taking over. So I call and they go, oh, that lady's out of town. What? Yeah, she went on a, well, we're furloughed for two weeks, Kenny. And so she went on a week earlier. Yeah. She's supposed to do this. I don't know what to tell you. So I called this other guy, Charles. He's very, very nice. He doesn't really help me out. Then I go call the city. I go, who's these people's boss? It's this guy, Carlos. I leave this whole detail message. I don't even know what's going on. All I can tell you is when my wife dropped the paperwork off, this lady said, yeah, this is taking way too long. I feel bad. This guy calls this guy, Charles, back. He starts, you know, you need to help Kenny. So Charles is like, I got good news and I got bad news. Okay, what's the good news? The good news is, is I figured out kind of what's going on with your project and I can help because my boss said, just get this done. Right. The bad news is, is that our furlough starts tomorrow okay. for two weeks. So he really did try. He's running around, trying to get it done. Yeah. And then he calls me and goes, look, Kenny, I'm not going to be able to get it done. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to come back and you're going to be the first. I'm like, you're telling me when you come back from two weeks and you got a, a whole bunch of work. Well, we, you know, that, yeah, yeah. Sure enough, 7 a.m. Monday, they called me. Okay. And we got it through. So by the time I got involved and pushed and just kept people, you know, honest, do what you yeah. say. Let's say we got through in a couple of weeks. Right. So my question to you is, mm -hmm. I don't know the process, but when you're submitting paperwork and you're relying on an architect or somebody else, I realize that, hey, you should probably say, let me know when you send the paperwork. If I really want to get this done, if I'm yep. doing an ADU and I'm building a fourplex and I don't want to rely on this, I've got to go manage just a little bit more of myself and expectation. I yeah. can't just rely on this architect that has a hundred other ADUs that they're going to follow up. True. Is there any like recommendation, any process or anything that you know that, hey, this is how you should be handling to save time? Because I have a lot of friends and a lot of people doing these ADUs and this right. stuff. But they're getting jerked around, and it's really just a timeline issue. And people are not not. How do you hold people accountable at the city to yeah. say do what you said? You know, that's it's a two. Point Sorry problem. for the long winded yeah, whole no, story, but that. it's a two point problem, right? You got people in the city who are bureaucratic. Yeah, you know, for no fault of their own, they're just in a bad bureaucratic system, right? So one, there's no accountability there. Two, no one's under pressure to perform because they're all on a salary and they're all having they don't make any more money. There's no bonuses. Year, there's whatever. Yeah. There's no reason they're comfortable. They can just cruise at their own pace. Three, um, if leadership is top down. So if leadership and planning is not 
on top of them and performing and getting things in and out on a timely manner, that's an issue. I've dealt with many cities where the top down from planning from city manager to assistant city manager is not on top of these things, right? So they don't know how bad it is at the bottom because they don't see it. And then two, if your architect is doing this for you, putting you know your plans and your permits and your applications together, your architect should also make sure that he knows the steps that he needs to take to get a completed project in, right? The city should give him the steps that he needs to do. Hey, we need this plan. We need this application. We need this form. We need this deposit. It needs to be in. Do right? they give you timelines too? Um, Are there? Not necessarily timelines, but they do give you a checklist of what you need to do to submit it, submit a complete package, right? But what they always say, you're your own best doctor, your own you diagnose yourself better than the doctor could or something like that. Well, that's the thing. If your architect is not on top of it, which he should be, because if it's part of his contract to submit and get your plans approved, and he's like you said, he's doing 100 of the projects, maybe it's up to you to follow up, to push, to make sure that things are moving forward and you're on top of it. Because if you're going to sit back and wait for something to happen, I hope you have a really good architect who's on top of it because if you don't, you need to get involved yourself. Because because they're they're following up, yeah. yeah. And what I notice is that, um, the city says, you know, hey Kenny Ahmed, we need this piece of paper. You didn't sign it. Some yeah. right? You send it back over. The problem is, you send it back over, nobody follows up. It just sits there for a month. Then you go, oh, oh, let me look at it. Yeah. Where did you send that? I can't find it. Yeah. Let me resend it again. Yeah. So what I realize, you send the piece of paper, you call. Hey, this is Kenny. I'm dealing. I'm a meds client. Yep. Yeah. Did you get it? Cool. When are you gonna look at it? And so you almost have to get to that point. But if you don't get like that, it's lost in this whole stack of. And I don't know if your architect's gonna do that, even though they might. They the, should. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. It really does, huh? Yeah. And you know, I don't really talk about this too much because it's not really fair. But it's those with the money wins. So if you have the money to hire a consultant, an expediter proponent someone who knows everyone at the city because he's an architect he's a, a lobbyist he's whatever he is but he has all those relationships if you can afford that especially on the big project you need that but if you can afford any relationship you have to pay for it sometimes you have to do it because it gets your stuff to the top of the pile it gets things in quicker it gets things out faster because those relationships built up over years are valuable and if you have to pay for that Sometimes you have to do that. Yeah, when you see a big project, man, that's moving faster. Going, <laughs> right. it's because somebody paid a lot of money to a firm that's like they've got all the people micromanaging the whole process. Oh, yeah. they're, they're not, they're not, they're they're not letting that city off the hook at all. No, they got every ex politician, they got county officials, they got anyone who is a lobbyist or a political type uh, proponent who works, you know, in, in the private sector. They've hired them all, from law firms to ex city council members. They are all being hired to push that project through as soon as possible because a project that big has really expensive carrying costs. The financing, the land, the holding, all that stuff, that that really adds up, especially on a big project, millions of dollars. That project is pushed back 30, 60, 90 days. That could be millions of dollars of lost profits. So they need to push big projects like that as fast as possible to get through for the approvals that they need. Is that, um, so if you're going to build a bigger project, you just really have to, you need to put that in your budget to pony up the money. You have to. Yeah. It's just because if you have a bigger project and it sits for any amount of time, 
the carrying costs are swallowing your profits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know a lady that built a, a project by herself and she learned, she went through herself. God bless her, but it's a client of ours, but it took a long time. And it was brutal. I felt yeah. like the city wasn't fair with her, but gosh, she was just trying to do it, but she did it herself. Yeah. Boy, it was 120 units in Rialto, but yeah. nice. But she's done with it now. I yeah. will tell you the value though. Holy smokes. The yeah. upside. I mean, the if you get a project great. done, like if you get your project done, you know, the future value. Cause somebody knows that's the thing about California. And you know, this somebody it's like, we were talking about this last night, you know, and you know, if you're in a coast community, you knock down a house and somebody builds it yeah. and somebody comes in like, why is it so expensive? I'm like, do you know the time, effort, energy, and the bullshit you have to go through to get this house developed? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it, there's a premium you're yeah. going to pay. The bureaucracy here in California is really bad. I mean, you got to pay for everything because everyone is so scared of signing off. They want to make sure you jump through every hoop three times over. You know, when I do a project, I need to have a Native American study. I need to have an endangered species studies. I need to have a traffic study. I need to have a noise study. I need to have this study. I need to have that study. I need to have all these different things signed off. So whoever approves the project can be sure that nothing's going to come back on them from the community or some other Oh, so it's more of the community coming after him going, who approved this? And then, okay. Oh, we did. We made the developer jump through a thousand hoops. There's nothing left for him not to jump through. So we're, that's what it's about. It's more, it's not more like they don't want to do it. They're more like, we don't need some bloke, some neighbor that's connected starting to bitch and complain. Yeah, you cut down an oak tree. Oh, that's, that's, that's a big problem. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, how do you mitigate that? Did you go through the mitigation process? Hey, you did something with the water runoff here. That's going to cause a habitat issue. Did you mitigate that? That's why you need these studies, these consultants, these expertise and all these mitigation issues. I have a project where I have a thousand foot long flood control channel that I have to reroute. Right. And I got to be careful because however I reroute that channel, I got to be careful that one, the, the water runoff calculations are done by the engineers, but it's the environmental impact of that rerouting. Even though I'm moving it from here to here, how is it going to affect the environment? The butterfly, the, the grasshopper, the, the moss, the grass, the weeds, all that stuff comes into play because somebody could come back and start complaining and say, hey, you ruined our nat- natural habitat of something, something, something. It happens a lot happens a lot wow so that's why bigger projects have a million different things i gotta check off because nobody wants to be responsible for anything they don't want the backlash that's really what it is i honestly like I, you kind of thought of that but i didn't really ever hear anybody say it like that because it's really to protect their ass i know i know a project where the a big project 40 50 acres and the guy had to go buy oh shit. i don't know hundreds of acres of agricultural land somewhere and donate it to the preserve because he was removing natural habitat open space whatever from this area so the community and the city and whoever else was involved wanted it replaced so he had to go buy a bunch and donate it to the um, to the conservancy or something like that just so he can get his project done because they're like oh if you're going to take away natural habitats and grasses and weeds and this and that well you better go and it before we give you approval to do it even though that guy is solving a problem that the community has which is you know shopping retail apartments housing he's solving a need for the community but they're still not happy because they want because the sierra club or some environmental club or some community group is not okay with it wow that's crazy it's just it's hard that's why you see more and more people either moving out of state or developing out of state let's talk about um so we, you joined, um, 
Yeah, Avengers, you're right at the same time, all of us, right? We're Scottsdale? Yeah. Is that the first one? Uh, Scottsdale? Scottsdale, yeah. You're there, I, right? I remember, yeah, yeah. Just over a year ago, yeah. Okay. Is this the only mastermind you're part of? Or? Uh, I'm starting to get into more, but it's mostly, I started with Arte. Okay, that's which, right, that's right. Yeah, 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 which was definitely great because I kind of opened my eyes to I love those guys. a different kind of crowd, a different type of mindset, different type of people. Um, but since I'm in the real estate field and I learned about Avengers, I gravitated towards that crowd because it's nice to be around people you can have the conversation with that get everything you're talking about. You know, it's really, and they think on that level and they want to help you and they want to see you grow and they want to collaborate with you versus other people you may run into and bump into that are all, um, you know, they see you as a competition. I have a friend, she's up in, in Hollywood. She's a, she does real estate up there. And she's like, everyone that I bump into look at me as competition. Nobody wants to collaborate or help anyone out. Wow. I'm like, I don't want to be around that kind of crowd. That's why you and me and the rest of the gang and Avengers is so great because it's all collaboration. Yeah. You know, I think we're, uh, raised, unfortunately, <laughs> right. I think this generation comes is different, but we were raised as like competition's bad. Take them down. Don't yeah. clap. Why would you collaborate? That's the dumbest thing ever. Right. And I think, um, the person actually probably, um, watching him, listening to him was Grant Cardone. Yeah. Cause Grant Cardone said, you know, I don't believe in collaborating. And then Ty Lopez said, Dude, with his 10X, like, you're not understanding how this works. If you bring us all on your stage, you're going to get all of our audiences to know who you are. And he was like, oh, we're not competition. We're just going to help you build your brand. And Ty Lopez is the one, I think, that he said that, said, bring us to your events. We're going to yeah. sell your things. What does it matter? You're still, and Grant's like, I've done better than ever by collaborating with people. You can't do it all yourself. No, you can't. Why would you want to? No, why? You mean, there's so much stuff that you know and you're an expert at that is valuable to me that I don't know that I need you for and vice versa. Yeah. And why would I not want to have somebody like you on my team and vice versa to just go and and, and kill it? You know what yeah. I mean? yeah. Versus trying to learn it and, 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 and do it the hard way? No. I want to do it the smart way. I mean, if you just look, if you just like think about the <laughs> roster of people at Avengers, or yep. even a hundred mil, because a lot of them are both. Yep. Um, just the different businesses or what what they do, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, you're in a room, you're like, you develop, you sell T-shirts, you own Everballs. Yeah. You're the number one female network marketer in the world, Jesse Lee. Yeah. Um, you know, you you have a marketing company. You know, you you do loans, you sell real estate. It's crazy. How much you learn from everyone? Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, right? And it's like, if it wasn't for the groups that you and I are in, I would still be doing one or two projects at a time locally. I would have not have been able to take off my blinders, get rid of my limiting mindset, and say, wow, there's so much more that I can do. And thanks to the people in these groups that have shown me that I can do more, I am now doing more. You know, that's why I'm in Arizona. That's why I am in Dallas. That's why I am doing more projects locally as well. Before it'd be just, oh, I got to focus on this one. And when this one is done, I'll go on to the next one. No. You create a team, bring in guys like you and me, we start working together and we start doing more and more and more and it just takes off from there. It's great. I love it. I mean, if not, I'd still be, you know, twiddling my thumbs on one project at a time. So how important is it for you to... Um like when you're in a mastermind group, I think for a lot of people is there's a commitment to the group. Like we're hanging out, even yep. though everybody's busy, it's, it's, it's just like top of the list for you to just make the priority to. I think what it is when, when you join a mastermind or you find a group that speaks to you, 
and they don't have that competitive notion in them they're all collaborative because they know there's enough business out there for everyone times 10 so they're not worried about it it's you want to be around those people you want to create friendships with them you want to uh, raise your kids with them you want to do stuff with them because i've already seen it happen people are hanging out their kids are playing people are going on vacations together people are are flying to birthday parties to to with one another because they have now found a tribe and that's what i think we have done we found a tribe that speaks to us and we're able to connect on a different level and it's amazing you know i will make the drive down to san diego anytime you guys want to get together if you guys are all connecting in dallas or atlanta or miami i will fly because that's where my tribe is and it's kind of funny because we started which which was we our, our mastermind didn't get off to the best start for seeing each other because when we started, it was like right in COVID. Yeah. And so we kind of got, it was like open, shut down. So a lot of us didn't get together like we probably would because it was sure. like, oh, there's this. And we're like, we're just over, right? Yeah. Now it's like, I feel like this is our first year. We're kind of like, okay, there's an open path to like, let's do more stuff. And oh. it's just happening. It's just like, we went out to dinner last night. I was like, well, it's like a couple of times and I'm like, wow, people, the bartenders aren't wearing masks. This is yeah. great. I feel like some normalcy coming back. I was having the conversation with Josh Haven yesterday when we went out and I said, you know, hey, bro, we've only been in this a year. Look how much collaboration is already happening in 12 months. Just imagine what's going to happen in the next 24 to 36 months. It's going to be insane. Same. The amount of opportunities and growth and collaboration within our group it's it's i'm excited for it and you also it's cool that you just don't know who will just join the group and yeah. doing something new you never know that's the exciting thing yeah yeah that's the thing yeah some some yeah completely new yeah i agree i think um never done a mastermind <laughs> first one and i look back in the year i was like like there's just so many benefits yeah it's kind of it's it's hard to explain to somebody but i don't think it's for everybody because i think you have to be in the right mindset you have to sure. be in the giving mindset you can't be a selfish person yeah um, it's not to go in there and take, take, take or stuff like that. You really got to be a giving person. Well, it's like, but it's also like, where can you go and you meet somebody two or three times in person, have a few more conversations with them on the phone or on Zoom or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're writing seven figure checks to each other. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I did that last week. You know what I mean? I did that last week with one of the guys in, in the group. We're talking about Why? that. Yeah. Because it's like. You know he's badass at what he does. Yeah, he's on the level. He's badass. He's accomplished. He's successful. And I know that we can do amazing things together. And I can trust him because there's a track record there. And we speak the same language. Yeah. Of course. Why would I invest with yeah. you? Why would I want to partner with you? Why wouldn't I accept you, you as a partner with me? Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, what do they say? You want to go fast, go alone? Yeah. You want to go far? Go together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like believe, that. I believe that. I like that. Um, so let's talk about kind of like wrap this up. I think for, um, is branding. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, didn't do anything and been, you know, Monty and I have been queen marketer over there. Oh yeah. Um, we've I'll been hitting, from you. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. I'll cut your legs off. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, it was a slow start, and then now I look back. It's like I would just say, call it two years. We've been very consistent with it. I would before that, even if we were, it was two years. And obviously, if it wasn't for COVID, the only reason I say this, we were doing events, and we were on a good roll. There, yeah. and we were having some pretty good success for just like our just within our own group, getting hundreds of people to event, not going even outside, not opening. This is like in our own little world here. Yeah. 
And I was excited to get that thing ramped. And obviously with COVID, I just said, until I see a pathway, let's just wait. So this year sure. we'll probably ramp them back up. <clears throat> but for me, I can look back and be like, wow, people, because of the podcast, people know who we are. They know my story. Yeah. And obviously they, you know, you become this authority figure, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, but what is branding for you? Why is it being, how is it impacting your life personally, your mm -hmm. business? And like, what do you kind of see? How are you, fo what do you focus on with your brand over the next, you know, this year, you know? Yeah, it's important, huge, uh, but not necessarily for my development investment endeavors, because I don't necessarily need a brand to invest or develop in property, right? But I do need a brand if I want to go and help other people and show them and give them a pathway to doing things better, especially in their investment development uh, endeavors, right? If I don't go show my receipts, if I don't go show my successes, if I don't show my accomplishments, I people won't, you know, gravitate towards me and allow me to help them and guide them. How many people out there do you see with these big brands and these big names and they lead people down the wrong path and they just regurgitate someone else's information and they've never done what they're preaching? I've gone and seen development. I've gone and seen investment. I've gone and seen marketing all online gurus you know telling you what to do and how to do it right horrible 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 because they are essentially leading people down the wrong path so if you don't brand correctly if you don't show people uh your successes your skill sets your experience and show them how i'm trying to show you the right path you're going to be dead in the water you mean what are you going to leave this world with? Are you going to leave this world with a bunch of money? Or are you going to leave this world with a, hey, I helped a bunch of people do good? Yeah. You know what I mean? I helped a bunch of people build good projects. I helped a bunch of people save money and not lose it. Yeah. You know? Or build wealth for their family, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Whatever it is. Yeah. Because I'm going to I'm gonna build better myself. I'm going to make money. Money's going to come because I do a good job, a great job. Right? I'm not worried about that. But if I can leave this world and have Pass my the name, knowledge, right? Yeah. And people, a bunch of people did something great with that. I'm happy. But you can't do that until you brand yourself and show people that you know what you're doing. Yeah. It's funny. I think when, uh, that's why I love Ken about some things. He goes, you know, you got to be careful because there's a, you know, the online guru that flipped three houses and all of a sudden they're an expert, you know, and you have to be very, like you said, yep. it's. Uh, and he inherited those three houses from his parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we people, we meet people all the time, um, too, that inherit stuff and they, you know, they should have gotten, got coaching and stuff. And that's why yeah. I tell parents, that's why I preach. I said, you're going to, you're going to leave, you know, this property, your kids. What do you, what do you teach and What do you mean? I'm like, you got it now. Yeah. Like now start teaching them, groom, yeah. coach them. Like they should be wanting to build this, not yeah. just take it over, suck all the money out of it. Yeah. Like if you don't get them passionate or like excited about it, and if you don't want to teach them, go give them the money to go fire the right person to teach them and get them excited about it. You know, well, that's what they say about generational wealth within three generations. It's gone. gone. Yeah. So what are you going to do beyond that? You can give them a bunch of money. They're going to lose it all. Yeah. Or you can do a bunch of things for a lot of people. And hopefully that goes somewhere. You know what I mean? What do you do? What's um what 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 are you most excited about this year? What's next? Um, I think it's about the three large projects that I got moving forward. I'm excited about those because they seem to be going in the right direction. You know, development's hard, and I'm excited to see 
the new collaborations that will be coming through our relationships. Because now I'm at a level and you're at a level, we're at a level of comfort and ability to start doing things together. And I'm excited to do things with my friends. You know, I mean, the guys in in Avengers talk about it all the time, do business with your friends, right? It's crazy. And I just, I'm like, yeah, these guys are right. I'm like, I'm excited about that. I can't wait to do things with you, with Justin, with with Josh and whoever else is around us. Just like, hey, we got a lot of things to do. You may be a part of some of it. You may not be a part of all of it, but there's just all these opportunities. I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's got to be the right friends, right? Sure. Like, it's got to be the right mindset, the right, yeah. fo- like, you got to know who you're jumping in bed with. They yeah. got to be almost like better than you or compliment you in my way or something, right? Even if it's something else, like, you know, it's like a lot of people invest in their friends, but it's like these ideas, but things go south. It's like, well, that person, are they willing to, you know, kill themselves? Yeah. You know, we were talking with Justin before, like, when he started his business, <laughs> are you willing to work four months straight, seven yeah. days a week, 80 hours? If you're not, then right. I don't know if I'm going to give you my money. Well, I had the conversation with him last night. You know, I'm like, what happens when you're in a deal, in a project, in an investment, or what have, or a business endeavor with your friends, and things get rocky? Well, if you weren't in with your friends, it would all be kicking you while you're down. But if you're in one of these endeavors with your friends, everyone's going to come together and make it work. And that's what I want. I want to have that crew, that tribe, those people around me that when things get tough, we all pull up our, our pants and, and tighten our belts and we get into it. That's what I want. Um, where can people find you? Right now, mostly uh, on Instagram. A med builds better. Pretty meds easy. build better. Yeah, med builds better. You know, you're Be putting good. out content. Trying to, trying to just you know, if you can help one people, one person. You know what I mean? I've had people con- contact me like, hey, you know what? Thank you for that. I didn't know about that. That saved me. Especially or, building, man. Building's yeah. like to me, it's like a mechanic. Yeah. You drop the car off, and you're like, how hey, you fix this shit? Like you don't know. But yeah. buildings, like like you said, people are, a lot of people are, they're, like I said, whether they're building ADU or the, the ADU thing's common. They're trying to do it themselves. And, yeah. like, you know, you got to be very careful. Yeah. Like you just don't know. How to vet a contractor, how to make sure he's doing his job, how to make sure you're not overspending. Um, I see people, like, uh, hire a contractor for something, and he's like, I need 50% up front. And they're like, okay. And then the guy never shows up. Well, you don't give anyone 50% up front, but people don't understand that. But if I can help people not do that and save them and and save their money i want to help as many as i can yeah yeah what's your um i just asked justin that but what's your game change like what are, why are you a game what's game changer for you like in your personality like what, what's sep- what's separating you from other people that you know that's like you're just your thing i want to see them win there's enough business and opportunity for all of us i'm gonna win myself i know that i'm gonna be at the top tip of the spear but there's no reason why i don't want other people to win too we're not competition. We're not ever going to come up against each other in a deal. Why do I not want to see you win? Whether you're building a house or an ADU or 300-unit apartment building across the street from me, I want to see you win. Because if you fail, I fail, we all fail. Well, maybe if you are competing on the same deal, you just buy it together. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or not to say anything, yours is going to be good, but mine's going to be better. <laughs> yeah. Ahmed. Yep. It's been fun. Yeah, definitely. Thanks Always for, a good time. We're, we're, I, I like that we're doing more in person now. It's awesome. We should do more in this person. Zoom crap was getting old. It really was. Yeah. Well, Plus, we're having technical difficulties yeah. a lot. So, yeah. Monty's like, thank God it's so much easier. Right? This yeah. is fun like this. Yeah. I mean, we can do this all the time. I mean, there's a, there's a lot we can do. Yeah. 100%. Awesome. Cool. Good hanging. Thank you, man. Appreciate right, cool. this.